I'm going to uh, be talking about healing, befriending, loving, caring for our nervous system. Last week, I spoke to you guys about the polyvagal theory. I spoke to you guys about um, the polyvagal theory. <laughs> I spoke to you guys about the window of tolerance and, you know, our nervous system. We are our nervous system and we think everything exists in our brain. When there is a mind all over our body, through our fascia, through our heart center, through our gut center, our liver, our kidneys, everything is communicating um, to us at all times. And so today we will talk about how do we heal our nervous system. For those of you, well, I should, let me rewind that. How do we move towards healing? Right? We never just get to a healed state. The world we live in is, like I said, quite hectic. Our nervous systems are thousands of years old when we were living in nature and, you know, in small tribes. So our nervous system is not built for today's world. And it may take another thousand years and thousands of years before it adapts to that kind of reality. So I just want to bring that um, into consciousness that it's a constant daily thing. It's not like, oh, I am healed now and I am good. <laughs> no, it's every day sitting in traffic, you know, school parking lots, in, you know, kids and relationships and work and emails and social media. All of these things are being processed by our nervous system. And so we have to be very deliberate and intentional about what we do to bring ourselves back into center, to bring ourselves back into calm on a daily basis, okay? And if you have children or partners or anyone that you might have an influence on, um, then I would say that bring that uh, bring what I am saying into those relationships too, because this is not just for people like you and me, this is for everyone. So I'm constantly looking and checking out my kids' nervous systems. You know, if you are attuned and your radar and your system is clear, then you can pick up on other people's energies and say, ah, oh, she seems a bit off today or what's going on with her today. And and so that that is something that I would bring into that conversation that you need to put the screen away. Like yesterday, I saw my daughter reading on her screen and we have blue light protectors and all of the the works to, to make sure that there's not a lot of strain on her eyes. But it's still sitting there looking at your computer all day long for a kid is just on on any level and on every level. It is not healthy. And so I said, is there a book that has the same information? And she said, yeah, they did give us a book. I said, read on the book. And she said, I can't highlight on the book. I said, you know what? I will buy this book. Just highlight it because I'm now at a place where I don't want you sitting in front of a computer. So she sat on the sofa and she was reading her, you know, 
her psychology book or whatever, you know, the book that she was, um, it was psychology, actually, she's in AP psychology. So how do we just, it's okay, highlight, do what you need to. And, and I'll deal with um, purchasing this book, but I don't want you sitting in front of the laptop. Because I was seeing how, um, how exhausting that was for her nervous system to be sitting there. Um, sleep and movement and all of these things are going to be very important. But, you know, just to say that this is not just for you, but this is for everyone in your life. And not, um, not every, um, not everybody needs to be in a diseased kind of space before you start to address your nervous system. All of us have a nervous system that is going through a lot. Uh, so let's not wait till we are diseased before we actually do something about it. So um, we talked about the different, you know, the polyvagal theory. We talked about ventral vagal, which is our open and engaged and joyful state. This is how we are as human beings. This is our, you know, homeostasis when we are good and our nervous system is good, when we are feeling good, we are in ventral vagal, okay? So we don't have to like fight hard to get there. We have to heal whatever is blocking that. I think that's a roomy quote. We don't have to meet love. We just have to re remove all the blocks that are in the way between us and love. So that's basically, um, uh, that's what we need to do, is that what is putting us in that one, which is the sympathetic um, reaction, which is the fight or flight. And once we've been in fight or flight too long, we move into dorsal vagal, which is um, this immobilized, disconnected, numb, apathetic, exhausted state. So that's the dorsal vagal. So fight or flight and then dorsal vagal. And that is the hierarchy of your, um, the polyvagal theory that you start off in one and then you move to the next and then you move to the next. And then when you are healing, you might actually move into fight or flight first and then move into ventral vagal because your body does need to expend that energy. So if you're like healing and all of a sudden you feel like really agitated before you were just numb and quite easy to get along with because you were not acting out, it might be that this is where your body is starting to feel again. And it's now saying, oh, my God, what did I just go through? And I never actually really thought about myself as someone who dissociated, but I I did. You know, I, I'm quite a feeler. <laughs> Everybody knows what I'm feeling. Um, but I think there was a part of me that would just disconnect from that experience. And then like two, three months later, I would be like, oh, what was that? Why is that happening? And so I would come back online and the first reaction would be a lot of anger, a lot of frustration, a lot of irritability. And then I would organize myself and come back into this kind of homeostasis. And so, <laughs> yes, I am quite a feeler. Um, and so that's kind of what the hierarchy is going to look like. Okay, so I'm just putting it out there that if you are going around feeling a little bit disconnected and numb, that you can expect that some of those feelings that first show up are not going to be light and love. It doesn't work like that. We've got to go through the trenches if we're going to, you know, move on out and up from that space. Okay, 
So what are the three pathways? And a lot of this work is from uh, Deb Dana and um, Steve Porges, and we I'm going to be bringing that to you guys. So this is the polyvagal theory for those who asked. And the three pathways to safety are going to be through the body, the most important pathway, the one that we really are not very considerate of, the, that's the first one, embodied practices that heal. Then we have the environment. This has a huge effect on your nervous system. Last week, I spoke to you guys about neuroception. Neuroception is the felt sense. It's not a cognitive process. It does not have to do with any thinking, but we just know. And so that is our um, nervous system picking up on threat or calmness. That's why when you go to the spa, no one comes and says, hey, be calm now, but you are feeling real calm because your nervous system is saying, this is a calm environment. This is a safe environment. Okay, so that is going to be the environment. And then we are relational and relationships will play a big part in our ventral vagal system being activated and thriving and um, engaged. Okay, so let's start with the first one, which is the embodied experience of healing. The embodied experience of healing is using the body and all that it can do to release um, the activated energy that can come on with feelings like anger, like hurt, disappointment, betrayal, uh, feelings like grief. We are all grieving some of us more than others, some of us for other things, but every one of us has this unprocessed grief that grief that we just went through something and we lost so much and we changed fundamentally as a result of what we just went through. And we haven't actually re recalibrated or reorganized. We're just kind of in this state of transition right now so all the pieces are not put together yet and and that can say that we have changed and we don't know how and we need to process that so these are the feelings that we can actually um, work through using the body the first thing I will tell you guys about is breath I know you guys have heard me say it before um, but breathing in a rhythmic way Four in, four out, four in, four out. Nasal breath is going to be very soothing and calming for your nervous system. Now, other people um, will do four, seven, eight breathing. So they breathe in for four, they hold for eight, and they release four, seven, they, hold, they breathe in for four, they hold for seven, and they release for eight. And you can hold for eight and release for eight. It doesn't have to be like you're in your head stressed out about, did I do eight or did I do four? Basically, hold for more 
then you are breathing in and then release double time. Those long exhalations send a signal to our nervous system that all is well. So you can do the four, seven, eight breathing, or you can just breathe in and breathe out. I've told you guys, for those of you who have been following me for a while, breathe 11 minutes. Don't ask me 11. Why 11? I still don't know the answer. We just doing it. And, um, and that's just the way it is. Okay. So, and that's probably just to tame my mind to be curious about something, but you will not know the answer. I know what she's up to. This is my teacher who has been telling me about um, four, seven, eight, uh, four and four breathing for 11 minutes. And she won't give me the answer as to why 11 minutes. And I've asked her a thousand times over the course of the last year. But it's just probably that some things don't make sense right now. You just first have to do them. And I am telling you, as someone who has been hyperactive, someone who has a mind that is a thousand miles an hour, someone who has a hard time sitting still, someone who had a deeply difficult time meditating, that this breathing in and out, breathing in and out actually really calmed my nervous system. So that's going to be the first thing. But there's also other types of breathing, which is called resistance breathing, where you are, that's going to sound real good on the podcast, uh, but you're breathing in with this kind of force, okay, where you are blowing bubbles or you're blowing into a straw and that kind of forced breathing, and it's called resistance breathing, that resistance breathing is also really good for your vagal tone. And so that's another way you can do this if you get bored of the four and four um, to add in some uh, other activities with breath. But breath is going to be the fastest way to turn off your fight or flight system and bring you back down into a state of calm. The more you do it, the deeper you can move into a state of calm. And I can attest to this, that I started doing this practice in, um, I want to say, late September last year, every day, 11 minutes. And then, of course, I missed a few days here and there while I was traveling. But I know that it changed me as a human being. I, I could listen better. I could hear more. I could pay attention longer. I was able to sit through things without this kind of, oh, where are we going with this? I could um, be with people and not feel that I was, and I was not meditating. I was just focusing on my breath, by the way. But all of these things, obviously, it's a meditative state that you're in. Um, and, and I was just nicer to be around. <laughs> I I think I was just more patient and I was kinder and I was more myself than I have ever been. You know, that self that shows up when life is good. And by the way, I'm telling you, life was not good. It's There was lots of storms that I encountered since last November. Lots and lots of storms. But, I, but it didn't feel stormy because... My system was safe and I was safe and I felt like it's going to be okay. You know, whatever it is, it's going to be okay. 
without me actually saying that because my nervous system was saying it. Remember, guys, the vagus nerve is 10 lanes, eight lanes going up, two lanes coming down. So when this is good, this is good. So make this good and this will be good too. More likely to be good. Okay, that's the first one is going to be your breath. Four in and four out. With this kind of rhythm as a wave. Four in, four out. And you might want to just sort of round it out at the top. Not, not like this. Kind of hold and round and breathe it out. Okay, so it's a bit like this. As you watch a baby breathing, breathing in, breathing out, hold your stomach, put your hand on your stomach and make sure that it's going in there and you're really um, uh, moving that belly. So those are belly breaths and calm and that's it. Okay. Now there's all kinds of other breath work and, and I'm not talking about that breath work. That is different states that you can encounter through breath but this is just I'm talking about healing right now and that's where we're going with that so breath is going to be number one number two is going to be touch self-touch is a great way to bring your nervous system into calm okay so th the different things that you can do is hand on your heart there's all kinds of neural networks that are around you know, the heart center, that if you just bring that into calm, maybe you press down a, a bit, um, bit firmly, not like, you know, a bit firmly on your heart and just say, I am safe and breathe into that heart center and just say, I am safe. You don't even have to say anything when you put your hand there and smile. It feels safe. Um, hands on your face hands on your forehead, hands on the back of the neck. You know, we do this unconsciously. I do it a lot, actually. Like when I'm, you know, kind of feeling stressed out about something, like we've done that. Like, oh, it's not that I have a headache, but I'm just like, it's like calming my, because remember the, the vagus nerve goes throughout our face too. And our ventral vagal goes from our head to our diaphragm. So we are really just saying it's, it's all good. <laughs> so that's our, you know, the different ways that you can. You can put your hands on your knees. I do this a lot too. So I'm basically just stroking the area around the knees, which is also very cal uh, calming. Um, hands in prayer can be very calming where you're literally pressing against each other. The hands are connected to the heart chakra. So when you press against each other it's releasing some sort of tension in the heart center which is really calming it's almost like a progressive muscle relaxation for your heart um uh hands clasped uh, clasped also is a great way to do that so you're squeezing squeeze and you can do that while you breathe. But these are all ways where, remember, we have like meridians and, you know, channels and fascia that is sending a signal to relax the body. Uh, temples, back of the head, cupping of the ears. Oh, that feels so good. That feels really good. Try it. Cup your ears. Sound is a big 
you know, big thing for me, but this really just brings me into a state of calm. Um, your earlobes, I do this a lot when I'm thinking. I'm playing with my earlobes, but that actually is a way that I'm calming my nervous system. People probably think I'm playing with my earring, but when I'm with my clients, uh, this would be one way that I'm listening and it actually is regulating my system and probably regulating theirs too. So just simple ways. You can do this at the stoplight. You can do this in the middle of a meeting. You know, some people, when they're talking, they do this. I've seen my clients do this when they're talking about something really stressful. Literally, unconsciously, they are soothing their nervous system at that point. So you can just do this consciously. Do all of these ways of touching where you are saying, it's okay, sweetheart. All is well. We're okay. Super simple. And I can write these down for you guys so you guys can just take a screenshot of that, okay? The next one, which is an embodied practice, is movement. Like I told you guys last week that we are the only animal that doesn't shake unless we're like really scared, then we're shaking. Or when we're really angry and we're shaking, that's literally energy that we need to sort of expend, which is what all animals do when they're scared of something. They shiver and then they're like, okay, we don't do that. When I get in a fight with someone or when I'm in an argument with someone or I'm feeling hurt by someone or when really heavy news is given to me, I'm not shaking. I'm like frozen. That kind of frozen um, thing is where the fascia starts to harden. So we now have to deliberately open that up. Um, I'm going to send you guys a picture when I get home of this thing called the gorgeous ball. It actually is supposed to mimic the pressure of your hands. Um, and you can put that um, and, and do movement exercises with that. But I'll come to that in a minute, but let's just stay with movement. I just got distracted. You see how that works? <laughs> come back, bind, bring it here. So movement, shaking, literally shaking. Stand up and just shake, shake. And you can shake one leg at a time. You can shake your hips. You can shake your shoulders. And you're going to feel real silly. Because I felt real silly. I was like, oh my God, if someone is watching this. But you know what? Once you start doing it, it actually like, it's actually a little bit addictive. So then I'll like run into the bathroom and I'll be like shaking, shaking, shaking. And then I can come back and I've like shook it off. You know how people say shake it off, man. That's it. Shake it off. Literally, not like, oh, okay, shake it energetically. Shake it off. There is tremor, tremor release type of work, somatic work, where they're actually shaking the legs and shaking the hip area. You can even make like eights with your hips. Um, in Qigong, they also have like a shaking. First, they bring the body into awake and then they move into their movements. So this is um, where you are shaking. Dancing, for those of us who are dancers, is a great way. When you are dancing, your nervous system is happy. Remember, guys, when we were around the fire and we were talking, we were laughing, we were joking, we were dancing, that's our nature. We need that. Now, some of you are not dancers, so don't dance if you don't want to. Just shake. 
Okay, so that's going to be the third thing that I mentioned. I mentioned breath, I mentioned touch, and I mentioned movement. Movement being the shaking or dancing. The fourth thing to do the embodied practices of healing your nervous system is going to be long stretches where you're holding the stretch. Now, long stretches actually hold the stretch long enough so energy can flow into that hardened fascia. Not this, oh, I've stretched. (laughs) No, you have to hold it 60 seconds, 90 seconds, and breathe into that place that you are stretching. Stretch every body part, but definitely stretch the heart. Um, You know, our neck, where most of us are sitting in front of computers, this kind of forward neck is not good for the vagus nerve. It actually is, you know, um, pinching the vagus nerve. So where you're pushing your neck back, you're stretching your neck and you're holding it and you're letting the, mo- the, the blood flow through different parts of your uh, upper body and lower body. Okay, Um, I have a yoga block where I will put my middle back on that and I will drop my chest back. You can go up against a wall and, you know, put your arms above. I mean, I'm not going to stand here and do all these things in my (laughs) in my button down shirt, but you can Google it. Um, And there are lots of hip openers, chest openers. Um, I sit when I'm sitting, my my hip will actually be, you know, pushing down on my knee. And um, even when I'm sitting at the computer, I'm doing hip openers all day long because this is where we hold our trauma. Here, gut and hip right here is where we're holding it. A lot of us hold it in our shoulders. And, you know, um, our body speaks to us. So if your body was saying something, um, your shoulders were saying something, what would they say? Mine would say, put it down. You don't have to carry it all. If your hips were saying something or your uterus were saying something or your pelvic region was saying something, what would it say? It would say, relax. You're holding too much. You don't have to hold all of that in. That's what it would be saying. So this is what you're doing when you open the body up. It's saying, I'm good, I'm safe. And this is how my original state was in childhood until we became all more and more like this. And if you look at our postures, it's becoming more and more um, in the scared, rounded. This is how we are when we're scared. We're never like this when we're happy. When we're happy, we're like this. So all day long, our body is being sent a message Our brain is being sent a message, I'm scared, I'm scared, I'm scared, because we're like this. So you consciously have to go and open up. Every hour, you can do like a minute of a stretch. So don't just wait till once a week yoga class. This is every day, guys. Every single day, you have to build this in. Long stretches um, and yoga. So I also do assisted stretching where another person is helping me go deeper into that stretch. So whatever works for you. And this is where I will talk about the gorgeous ball, which is that they use this ball and they lean onto it. And it almost is like the pressure of a hand. Um, And that is also good for your uh, vagus nerve. 
So the number five, number fifth thing, that didn't sound right. Number five is um, anything related to um, bringing more flow into the body. And I'm just a big fan of traditional medicines like cupping and needling and uh, ice baths, uh, massages. All of these are going to be good to calm that nervous system and get that energy flowing through. The bowing movement where you put your head down and your head is below your hips is very calming for the nervous system also. There are some yoga moves, but in the Islamic prayer and in other prayers too, where you put your head below your hips and you put pressure on the front of your head, that is actually very calming for your nervous system, your heart rate. So you can stay in that place for a little bit. You don't have to come back up real quickly. Humming and singing and meditation and exercise. These are all things you do with your body that are going to be this kind of alternative way to heal your body. So when I'm exercising and when I'm walking and when I am humming and when I'm breathing, I am saying I am healing. Okay, so this is what is the embodied practices of healing, which is one pathway towards getting more into a ventral vagal um, state. All of the things I just mentioned. Number two pathway, which is now the environmental pathway. What is in your environment? This is very triggering for me. I'm, you know, I was quite maybe dissociated from my body, um, especially I would say from here on down, I was quite dissociated. And I remember when I got on a horse for the first time, I was like, she's like, okay, you know, ankles down. I'm like, ankles? Like, <laughs> I haven't thought about my ankles and where they are. And is my toe pointing up? Like, I haven't thought about that in so long. I know for people who do yoga and other things like that might just come natural. But for me, I was like, ankle, you know, and so it was quite disconnected. I was quite disconnected to my body. And so for me, the embodied practices was the entry point into, but the environment I had like to the T, you know, for me having cluttered environments or not having good scents uh, in an environment, uh, flowers, these types of things are very, very important for me. That's why when you come to the Lighthouse Arabia, you will know that these things were all sort of thought about because for me, immediately my system goes into a state of calm if my environment is calm. If my environment is chaotic, then my system goes chaotic. And that's just not me, by the way. Your neuroception is picking up on that. I'm just more sensitive to that than, um, than I might be to other things. So you will need to now think about where is, your, um, where is your sensitivity. So look around your environment right now. Just look around. What's happening there? What's happening? I have bear, care bears, um, flowers, books. Books are very comforting for me. If there's a room and it doesn't have a book, I feel like it doesn't have a soul. I was like, mm, we need to put some books here. So every room in my uh, house has books. 
some type of book because I just feel like it brings a soul into that room. It brings depth into that room. These things are calming for me. When I look at books, there's something that, I don't know, resonates from, I don't know, lifetimes ago maybe, but it really feels like I'm home when I see a book. So what is in your environment that brings you calm? Think about the scents in your room. Do you have calming scents? I don't have a single room that doesn't have a candle in it. It just have to have candles. Yes, they're natural, soybean, beeswax, all of that. So not the toxic kind of candles because some candles are very toxic and we don't want those. But um, uh, uh, what kind of scents are in your environment? What kind of objects are in your environment? Is there clutter in your environment? All will impact your nervous system. Like I said, no one goes to a spa and is told, be calm. We just get calm because our neuroception is giving us a signal that all is well. So let's break this down a little bit and let me give you the science behind why this might be. So for, first of all, what kind of sounds are calming for you? You know, I, I've had, you know, a werewolf level kind of set sense of scent smell I can smell things a mile away like literally like a werewolf and um but my my ears were not so sensitive my whole life I'm like, oh, I can tune things out and but you know so it's it's okay more and more as my nervous system heals um I'm being very very sensitive to sound I'm very sensitive to sound right now and so loud places and, um, you know, noise, noise, kind of noise. Uh, I need like noise cancellation headsets. Um, you know, I remember I was in college and maybe, you know, this is just something that I wasn't really aware of, but I would wear those like ear, um, it's kind of a headset that cancels out noise, but it's like what people wear like on airport runways, like heavy duty stuff. Okay. This is not like bows that cancels out noise. It was like soundproofing my ears because every little, you know, scribble of a paper when I was in the library would distract me and then I would drift off into distraction. So I was just very stimulated by sound, but more and more I'm realizing that just noise and other things are very noisy for me. So you have to think about what sounds are alarming for you and what sounds are welcoming for you. Is it the sound of birds? Is it the sound of nature, ocean, waves? Um, you have to know for you what helps and what hurts. And know that when you are in that activated fight or flight state, or even in the dorsal vagal state, you are going to be a lot more triggered by sounds. I, I know there are times where I cannot go into a kid's school. And I cannot imagine what it's like for kids in that school who have sensitive nervous systems. It's so noisy, right? And that is like... Every day, the kids need to come home and like roll around in sand or go take a bath or something just to calm that nervous system down because they may not even know it, but they're activated. And then they come home and they throw it, you know, a tantrum or they, they're actually expending energy at that time. 
when they're screaming at you and they're shouting at you and they're throwing tantrum as soon as they get home. And the teacher is like, hmm, but he was fine all day long. Oh, they weren't fine. They were a little bit more in this dorsal vagal state. And now they come home and they've kicked on that fight or flight. And now I have to do the soothing and then send them back off to school again. So just pick up on some of these kinds of things that show up for you. Uh, I know when I go to a party or when I go to a big event for like four days after, I'm like, it's okay, everything's gonna be fine, <laughs> you know, because that's just where my nervous system is at. So sound is very sensitive. So think about what gives you um, joy and then what is actually alarming, what sounds are alarming for you. The second thing that is uh, in the environment, something for you to think about is nature. We all know the effects of technology and urbanization on our nervous system. It's called the red mind. Our mind is in this kind of hyper aroused state um, of on all the time. There's no, you know, um, natural state of calmness that happens when we are in buildings and cut off from nature. Inflammation increases, pain increases, anxiety increases, depression increases when you are disconnected to nature. And there was this large-scale study done that said two hours, and that was the tipping point, Two hours, it doesn't have to be consecutive, but it can be throughout the week of being in contact with nature. Barefoot, you're in contact, grass, sand, sea, um, submerged in water. Any of that can actually calm the nervous system down, okay? So these cold water you know, baths that people are doing, one of it is that it's cold. The second is that you're actually in water. And water is called, you know, there's a book called The Blue Mind, and it's the blue mind effect, looking at water, being in water, being around water, listening to water. It's like on a cellular level, we have that memory that water is good because for thousands of years, it is where we used to live around, right? We didn't have running water from our taps. We were all living when we were herders and farmers Water, we needed to be around water. And that is sort of programmed into a cellular memory for us that water is good, water is safe, water is life. So think about that. And how can I just increase my um, contact with water so that my nervous system feels calm? There's another way to do things with water, which is called the dive reflex. When you put your face in water, so you can put it in a, um, a bowl of water, it can be ice water, it can be any type of water, or when you're taking a bath and you submerge your face in water, it is so good for your parasympathetic system because all of a sudden your brain sends a signal and it takes all the energy from the limbs, which is what happens in fight or flight, we need energy for the limbs, and it brings it into the heart, into the brain, and into the major organs, and it conserves oxygen. So immediately your heart rate drops when you are underwater, okay? So water is going to calm that nervous system down. So submerging yourself in water is very soothing for the 
And I imagine, I mean, we were all in, you know, in utero, in swimming around. Maybe that has some resonance with us too, that it feels safe. We feel held. We feel cocooned. And so I didn't read that anywhere. I just thought about it. So don't quote me. <laughs> but I'm just saying, for me, it feels like it's quiet. And one, um, I went into a um, sensory deprivation tank and, you know, you submerge yourself and there's no light, there's no noise and any of that. And, and, and I find it very quiet when I'm underwater and that, and I can hear when I'm in. So, so for example, when I'm underwater in the sea, like you can hear things and it's just so calming. So try that underwater in nature but if you can't get underwater just walk on the grass or the sand or the sea underneath our feet and when it touches the earth all sorts of electromagnetic activities going on that reduces inflammation and calms you down there's all sorts of forest bathing and being in nature and all of these other things that you can do so just be in nature and then the last thing that is environmental is fractals. Now, this is super interesting. So you see this flower back here, and I, you can see it on my account that I show you pictures of flowers. And I just kind of stare at that flower, and I'm just memorizing it. And at one point, I'm staring at it so much that the flower is me, and I am the flower, so fractals is a part of this kind of mathematical arrangement of the universe. Fractals are everywhere, right? They're in nature. They're in flowers. It's like sacred geometry. They're in a snail. They are in our eyes. They are in our brains. They are in our lungs, in our nervous system. Our lungs, you know, this kind of the bronchia is, is a fractal. When you look at leaves, there's fractals. So it's almost like it's um, it's the way it is. It, it's like a mathematical formula. The universe, the stars, the galaxies, fractals. Okay. Now, the research shows that by looking at a fractal, just even a picture of a fractal like that um, or a flower, calms our nervous system down by 60%. So, and the research shows that even having one flower, one, it doesn't have to be a bouquet, go to the, go, go to the grocery store, buy yourself a rose, and just have it next to you as you sit in your office. That's going to reduce the, your nervous system activity by 60%. So this is really powerful. It act, and, and why is that? Because I was like, wow, that's really interesting. Because why is that? There's a resonance between what we are seeing and what is inside of us and what we remember. And that resonance, it has a physiological effect that this is, I know this. This is, this is familiar. This is calming. There's a rhythm to everything in life. There's a rhythm inside of me. There's a method and an organization inside of me as there is outside of me. So there's like a anchoring that happens in our physiological system when, when we look at 
fractals. So there are plants and I mean, you can, like I said, flowers, all of them have this kind of sacred geometry that um, it's like music to our nervous system. So those are the different ways that you can think about your environment. Just go around your environment now and well, not now, just wait another 10 minutes and then just see what is it that is, you know, really like harsh for you and then what is actually calming for you. And then guys, declutter, declutter and declutter. That clutter is chaos. If you don't know how to do it yourself, hire someone to help you. And then the last one is this relational, right? Our social engagement system. That's an alarming sound. Um, so, <laughs> so our social engagement system um, is here. Oh, how do I do this so you guys can see it? Yep, this is here. We are here in our social engagement system. Anything that is from here to here is good. We are engaged. So our eyelids are open. Our head might be tilted. Our, um, the, when we hear human voices, our middle ear is activated. So talking to someone is not just about talking to them. It actually is the hearing, which is connected to the middle ear, which is connected to the vagal system, is going to be soothing for that. So just even listening to people that are soothing. And then some people are not so soothing, but you know, the ones that are, are very soothing. Um, you, uh, when we actually chew or swallow, I notice that I do this and that swallowing this in the back of the neck is where all of our social engagement system comes together this brain, um, in the brain stem to the heart, this is where it's all happening. So if you guys noticed last week, I had this kind of thing in front of me. And when I watched the video afterwards, I was like, but I don't feel it. I couldn't feel it. I was like, we got to move that big shield that is in front of me and my, my community here. So we moved the shield. I don't know if the sound is going to be as good, but you know what? It's okay. I need to feel, and you need to feel. We are face to face, eyes to eyes, ears to ears, heart to heart. This is what resonates with us, okay? When there's a phone in front of your face, uh uh-uh. I'm not feeling you at that point. When your eyes are here, and when you say, well, and yeah, yeah, I'm listening, I'm listening. No, you're not. You might be hearing me, but you're not listening. So listen with your body. Listen with the whole system. I'm listening to you. My eyes are with you. My ears are with you. My heart is with you. Everything about me is with you right now. It's called attunement. Okay? And be attuned when you listen. And Two minutes of that attunement is worth two hours of you just kind of doing it like this. This is not, this is really irritating for the nervous system and it's sending off all kinds of dysregulation within children. And so, um, you know, when they say when when mothers are breastfeeding, you should look at them in the eye. Um, 
not at night. So because that activates them. But when in the day, it's through the eyes that we speak. We don't we don't have to. And then they they're looking at you, but their nervous system is being regulated at that time. And what what is happening now is that when when people are feeding their child, whether it's from the bottle or the breast, they are looking at their phone at that time. And that is not helping that child regulate. And it's not developing your uh, their nervous system because we have to remember their nervous system is not developed when they are born. They are the most underdeveloped mammal that comes out of a mother. And the first three years is super critical for, for some of this wiring to be happening. First five years, truly, but that really is very important because I'm now regulating you. I can regulate my children just energetically. I don't have to say a word. It's usually better when I don't talk. So that, um, you know, that uh, social engagement um, system is this. This is the social engagement system. And think about when you are with your friends, how you are being with them. You know, I notice that when I'm listening to people, my head tilts. And this is just me listening. But that's also giving them a signal that I'm really paying attention. It's like my head is getting, you know, um, and sometimes I'm really like that. And so it's it's interesting that my head tilts. I haven't figured out why yet. But that's, I, I read that that's one signal for people to know that you're listening to them. I'm doing it unconsciously. My head tilts. And so that kind of tilting of the head and engagement of the eyes, the movement of the hand, all of this stuff here is telling you that the social engagement system is working, okay? And it is on and I am really feeling connected to this person and um, it can also be done through hearing, eating, speech, singing, nursing, kissing, smiling, um, and some would say direct heart-to-heart contact. When you hug, when you hug another person, that is the social engagement system. So hug properly, you know, like I'm giving you my heart right now, that kind of hug. Um, Not this like, "Mm." (laughs) that one is no good. Um, Oh, I shouldn't say it's no good. I'm sure it's like some good, but it's not like you could really like maximize that if you really truly, you know, showed up. Um, and let's see. Um, so do you guys have any questions for me? Um, guys, can I, I forgot to tell you guys, can I ask you guys to just write down the names of the people that are just sort of disrespectful on here? And that way I can make sure that they're blocked for next time. There ain't no space for that. And I got no space. So if you guys could just write down the names of the people, um, then I would be happy to make sure that they don't come back here. Um, So let's see. Do you guys have any questions for me? Um, Let me just, I know you guys are not putting the questions in the question box. Um, Even if it's not a real flower, try to do real flower. I don't know the effects of, um, 
But actually, the research shows that even if you're looking at a picture of a flower, it can be soothing for the nervous system. Looking at a picture of a water body, so like screen uh, screen savers that are of oceans and you know rivers and waterfalls, actually is soothing for the nervous system. So, yeah, it couldn't it do, it could be it doesn't have to be real, but it's always good if it is. Okay. Um, yes, Epsom salt is really great. It energizes, it de-stresses. So make sure that you don't get the ones that have like chemicals in them. Um, put them, you can even put your feet, have a little tub if you're sitting at your desk and you can put a tub of water, little tub of water. Well, I don't know what it's called, like a little thing of water and put some salt in it and just put your feet in it and you can work. And it's just sending happy energy um, through the bottom of your feet. Let's see. Cat purring. Yes. Books. Oh, I have questions here. Um, how do you teach these soothing techniques to your kids or your partner? Just like that. Just the way I did it. They just have to do it. You know, you don't, we don't need to go into the science of all of these things. Or you can just make them hear what I just said. Um, this is on my feed. You can listen to it. You can have them listen to it. But um, there are some things that just come naturally. You know, when kids are playing in the playground, let them take their shoes off. When kids are in, when you are walking on the beach or when you are walking in nature, take your shoes off. Yeah, my feet will get dirty. But you are doing two things at the same time. You're getting your walk, which is good for your body, but you're also getting nature contact. So some of these things that you can just roll in and they don't need to know that it's happening, but it's happening. Um, you know, going swimming and in the sea is, is very, very soothing. So it's let's go to the beach or let's go to the ocean or let's go to the river. If there's a water body around you, that is a great way to do that. So Find ways to roll in some of these things that I have said into your day-to-day. -day. Make their screensaver something that is calming, that's a picture of water or a picture of nature. Um, make sure that they have blue light screen protectors so it doesn't put a lot of strain. This strain sends a strain into the whole system. Um, uh, this kind of water, in you know, putting your face in buckets of water in this kind of tub of water for 15 seconds at a time. That's something that you guys can just, you know, before you uh, go to sleep, you can actually do that and just have it in your sink or, you know, have it in a tub that you fill up um, that's by your sink. So it can just be rolled into your day to day. Um, and then if you want more explanation, it would be here. Have flowers in their rooms, have flowers in your room. Um, uh, in places where you sit as a family, having fractals is going to be important. Um, move as a family, shake as a family. If you have kids, they love it anyways. So those would be some ways that I would recommend. How long have you been practicing this stuff? Um, on some level or another, I would say my whole life because... Like I said, the environmental stuff I've been doing for a long time because the environment has a very big effect on my nervous system. I'm just thin-skinned and and I, I feel things around me even 
um, to a very, very high degree. So, you know, whether I was in college, whether I was, you know, a young kid, my environment had to be neat and organized and not have strong scents, but beautiful smells and scents like perfume and uh, diffusers and candles. Like this has just been something that I've been doing for a long time. The embodied practices are something that I recently started doing. I'll be very honest, it's not something that I did for a long time because I was from that school of thought that talked about um, the the school of thought that talked about, um, uh, what do you say, um, mind over matter. You know, I, if I can do it in my mind, then I can do it um, and then that's it. And so this kind of um, overemphasis on my mind and my brain was um, something that I sort of did my whole life. And then um, it was actually during COVID, um, my my nerve in my back, probably from sitting and doing like that much stuff that I did, um, sitting down. And even though I was walking every day, that's the first thing I did when COVID happened. I bought a treadmill and I was making sure that I was walking. But I think sitting more than I was and holding a lot for the community and my children and not having this kind of, you know, um, release in different ways or contact with nature in different ways. I think that's, and, and my sciatic nerve actually uh, started to act up. And I went to a physio, um, physio osteo sort of trainer um, who was a trainer, but also had information about this stuff and she started talking about well your left side and your right side and that's when I started doing my analysis and that's when I was doing energy work and so it all started to come together for me at that point and so it wasn't until maybe three years ago I would say that this stuff started to come together and then I when I do something I kind of do it full on <laughs> and then I just did it full on and whether it was brain spotting which is the um, equivalent um, practice of sort of EMDR, which is trauma-focused work, whether it was nature, whether it was horses, whether it was animal, like I went at, at it in every direction. Um, and, you know, with a loving and fun energy, not like oh, I have to heal it. Um, but there was a little bit of that going on too for a little while. But then I said, you know, I'm going to enjoy this. I can't like I'll be stressed out about it. And then I did LED beds and then I started doing cold exposure therapy and I saw a difference. And so with everything that I was doing, I started noticing a difference. And I think this EMDR slash brain spotting um, that we do at the lighthouse, I mean, that had a profound impact on me um, and, and how I listen and what got integrated and what was split off. And of course, my analysis with my therapist talking about some of these things as well. And so that, you know, so these things kind of came together for me. Um, and that was in my 40s. So it wasn't very long ago that all of this happened. Um, breathing is only been a year that I've been doing that. And um it changed my life. I don't know how else to say it. Um, Madiha's healing meditations, that was my first encounter with, oh my God, I have been thinking about my feelings and not feeling my feelings. 